it's on your smile. It's just not a smile. I, I can see a smile behind a mask. When your smile is, come on, smile. Now look at somebody and tell them God really loves you. Okay, that should have worked better than that. So look at somebody else and tell them God really loves you. Now look at somebody and tell them you look marvelous. I mean absolutely marvelous. Now tell them if it weren't for you, I'd be the best looking thing up in here. Give Dr. and Dr. Wyatt a big God bless you for the vision of this first inaugural Millennials in Ministry. Come on, not, this is not just Millennials for Ministry, it's Millennials in Ministry. That is a paradigm shift. Thank you, Pastor Dr. Wyatt Singer. We love you and appreciate you. The reason I can call Brian and Bettina and all of the Wyatt clan my nephew and niece is because I've been a part of this family for 40 plus years. Her grandfather, his grandfather was my Uncle Luther. I started preaching in this church at 16 years old. I used to be a millennial. Don't look at me like that. I started preaching here under Dr. Sim Walton at 16 years old. And I just celebrated my 56th birthday celebration. I said, what? Yes, I'm only 56. And I forgot to wear my wedding band, so stop looking at me like that. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you again for all of the presenters that have gone before us. I have booked Minister Bettina Wyatt for the next couple of months, so she'll be preaching at the House of Prayer Everywhere International, and we're excited about that. Good to see your mother, Walton. I love your mother. I love you. know I love you. I love your mother. She's been knowing me a long time. Amen. Blessing and thanking the Lord uh, for all that he continues to do in the Wyatt family. Bettina, you truly blessed us. Dr. Mayo, I mean Dr. Wyatt, we bless and thank the Lord for you, Dr. Dale, and all that the Lord continues to do in you and through you. What a presentation. What an incredible presentation. Come on, give Pastor Kreiner a big God bless you. I have not heard social justice quite like that before. And yes, I'll be sending the clip down to Dr. MacArthur. He needs to hear everything that you said. Amen. And then to uh, Pastor Jay, bless and thank the Lord for you. Pastor Johnson, the Macedonia Church, we love you, Lady Johnson. My first opportunity to hear you in person in ministry and everything that they said, it is true. He is of age. He can speak for himself. Amen. So we bless and praise the Lord for you. I need more time. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Because they was all giving me more time. So I was taking all the time. And then when Pastor Johnson said, am I out of time? 
I looked at Brother Patrick and I said, is that when I'm supposed to tell him, go ahead, take more time? I said, I ain't going to say that. I'm not going to say that. So, <laughs> I'm blessing and praising the Lord. So I'm going to shock some of you, Pastor Burrell. I'm going to shock you too because I'm not going to go as long as y'all think I am. Mm-hmm, I already know. As soon as I walk in there, everybody, ooh, time, time. Ooh, it's going to be, we're going to be here a long time today, time. Say, my last name not time, it's Tia, time. So I'm going to shock some of y'all. And I'm going to go over this. Um, and I'm going to be cursory um, because I think I'm going to give you enough where you can just leave from here and continue to study the theme and the thought. Can we do that? Okay, because you know I can exhaust it. But look at somebody and tell them, no, not today. Look at somebody and say, no, not today. For some reason, I smell like food or something. But just look at somebody and say, no, not today. All right, now, can I do this? Uh, I want to do a little, little commercial, just a little commercial. Okay www.prayereverywhere.org Okay, your first note of this lecture. Oh, good Lord, it's going to be rough today. www.prayereverywhere.org That's your assignment today before the day is over. www.prayereverywhere.org Check us out. Okay, my assignment is overcoming church hurt. Overcoming church hurt. Mike Warren, a disciple's thoughts on discipleship, says, I was church hurt because I believed the church hurts. I was church hurt because I believed the church hurts. One of the myths of modern millennials in ministry is that the church is set up to hurt you. And there are millennials missing out on ministry. Because the perception is, if you go down there, those church folk, they're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you with their rules, rituals, programmings, and policies. They're going to hurt you because they're not going to be real with you. They're going to hurt you because they're not going to have a social justice agenda. They're going to hurt you because they're not going to remember the name. They're going to hurt you. If you go into ministry believing that the church hurts, you're going to discover that the church hurts. Yeah. If you go in thinking, I'm going to get hurt because I have all of these war stories I've heard over the generations and other peer millennials. It means you're setting yourself up for church hurt. So right now, we just need to change the perception. 
Even if the church hurt you, the church was never built nor designed to hurt you. It's an aberration when you're hurt by a congregation. It is not the norm. It's not supposed to be the norm. It's not what you're supposed to expect when you come into church. But many in the millennial age believe that they're going to get hurt by the church. I was church hurt because I believed that the church hurts. One of the concerns I have for modern millennials in ministry is that you are too easily offended. No, 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 come here, don't do that, don't do that. Make this easy on me. I'm not fussing, I'm not fussing, I ain't spanking nobody. I'm just saying, let's get on guard with being so easily offended. She didn't speak to me. All right, you still got to come to choir rehearsal. You know I was supposed to sing that song. It's been two weeks I've been scheduled to sing that song. It ain't let me sing that song yet. <sighs> calm down, calm down, calm down. Now you know he know that's where I park every Sunday. Have you ever known me to park anywhere else on any given Sunday? Every Sunday I come here, I've been parking in the same spot every Sunday. What is up with this? See, I can't stand these old church folk. That's what I'm talking about, about these old church folk. See, these old church folk, he know I parked there. He just parked there to make me mad. You're too easily offended. Every time we have a church social, every time we got to have church, every time there's a funeral, everything, it never, there's never a vegan opportunity. There's never a vegan, there's just nothing vegan. I come to these funerals, I come to the social thing, there's nothing vegan. I'm just offended. I'm just offended. Hey, girl. Hey, Dana. Just offended. <laughs> Just too easily offended. I've seen people get offended in church over the colors. Y'all that millennials, you 30 plus, some of y'all, come on, you've been in church long enough to know exactly what I said. Offended by the colors. I ain't wearing champagne and pink another year. We wear champagne and pink last year. That's what I'm talking about. I can't stand this church every annual day. Why she always get to pick the color? She was picking the colors when my mama was picking the color. I can't stand her. Calm down. You are too easily offended and you will displace and project that offense onto the previous generation. So you always irritated with the 55 pluses. Yep, always irritated with the 55 pluses because you think we don't get it. We don't understand. We don't want to change. We don't do nothing different. Oh, you make me sick. <laughs> Let me give you my practical functional definition of what happens when you get offended. Yeah? Let me tell you what happens. Bishop Burrell, I just heard that. 
Let me just let me let me let me let me just let me just say. When you allow yourself to get offended, listen. You oft and end relationships with resources. Lady D, did I say that right? Did I say that right? Okay. <laughs> when you are offended, you off and end relationships with resources. Wave at me if you hear the words coming out of my mouth. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When you are offended, you oft and end relationships with resources. That's why I know being offended is a choice. Brother Patrick is with me. But Patrick travels with me literally around the world. Literally. Now, let me tell you something that's not going to happen. He will not offend me. Stand up, Brother Patrick. They didn't see how tall you were. That, that, that's brother. Get Brother Patrick McFall a big God bless you. Thank you, he handles so much of what goes on connected with me. He helps me be more effective. If I show up, he bringing me. I'm always looking for a towel, always looking for some Gatorade. Whatever preacher was hating on the Gatorade bringers. I forgot. <laughs> One of y'all. But he always going to make sure ministry is available and effective through me because I'm going to forget everything. I'm not going to remember anything. The gas going to cut me. Gas in the car. No, I know. I'm ready to preach. I ain't thought about nothing else. I just ready to preach. And if you know me, then you know that's all he's good for is preaching. He cannot offend me. You think I'm going to often end the relationship that comes with those kind of resources? The devil is a liar. I was going to say, oh, hell no. But I can't say that here. But I'm saying, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let that happen. I choose never to be offended by him. Because I value the relationship and the resources that come with the relationship. So don't tell me you're not picking and choosing the people who offend you. Because if somebody was paying your bills every month, I bet you you'd get over it. Shut your mouth and pout when they ain't looking. and choosing when we get offended and we only get offended by the people we think we can write off 
Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm teaching good. I'm almost out. Because if you thought you needed me, you wouldn't let me offend you. If you thought I was necessary for your life, you wouldn't let me offend you. If you thought I brought some good to your life, you would get over the fact that I walked by you and didn't speak. Or I got in the car and had an attitude. Or I rolled my eyes. Some days I rolled my eyes. Someday I got an attitude. Someday I'm not calling you back. Someday I'm ignoring your text. Hell, I, I don't know why that's coming out of me. Get over me. Don't be offended. I want to be a part of what God is doing in your life. Nephew, nephew. Look at somebody and tell them, don't get off-ended. Look at somebody and tell them, don't get off-ended. Look at somebody else and tell them, don't get off-ended. You may need me next week. Don't get off-ended. You may need a word of encouragement. Don't get off-ended. I may be the one that have to write the check. Don't get off-ended. I may be the one that got to come to Kai's and lay my hands on you. Don't be offended. What is church hurt? What is church hurt? I'm, I'm almost done. Church hurt. You got screens for me, Snaffy? They seeing all this? Okay. Spiritual abuse, mental distress, emotional pain, physical harm. Spiritual abuse, mental distress, Emotional pain, physical harm. Let me tell you the four things nobody comes to church to experience. Spiritual abuse, mental distress, emotional pain, or physical harm. If you let spiritual abuse continue, it will turn into mental distress. If you leave mental distress unchecked, it becomes emotional pain. And if it becomes emotional pain, I'm going to put some physical harm on you in the parking lot or in the foyer. Y'all ain't been in church long enough. I need some millennials who grew up in church. Because if you grew up in church, you know somebody will fight in a church. Y'all ain't said nothing. If you grew up in church, you know emotional pain leaving the choir stand. If you grew up in church, just mental distress on what we're supposed to do, the program, the, the protocol, didn't get that done, deadlines, datelines, I wish I had somebody. Spiritual abuse, you making me do stuff that the Bible don't even make me do. Matthew chapter 16. <laughs> Y'all gonna do something with that corner. Matthew chapter 16. In verse 21. Watch this. Watch this. Matthew chapter 16 verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem 
and suffer many things of the elders, the chief priest, and scribes, and be killed, and be raised again the third day. What did Jesus just tell his disciples? I'm about to go through church hurt. It's church hurt from folk been in church longer than me. Elders. Y'all not reading this text. It's church people who have more titles and bitter, bigger positions than you do. Chief priest. It's people who hold a bigger Bible and can quote verses more than I can. Scribes. He said there are going to be some old folk in the temple system who are going to try to kill me. Y'all ain't read the text. I'm going to have to suffer and go through some things because of people who are in high church positions. I'm going to have to walk through some hell with people who are holding and quoting Bibles and scriptures at me every Sunday. They're going to make me suffer. They're going to kill me. But look at another millennial and tell them I've got to come back. Uh, don't do it. Look at somebody and tell them I've got to come back. Listen, Jesus said, I'm going to be hurt by church folk, but it's not going to stop my ministry. I am going to be church hurt by church folk, but I'm coming back on the third day. I will be hurt, but I'll be back at prayer meeting. I will be hurt, but I'll see you at Sunday school. I will be hurt, but my tithes are still showing up. I will be hurt, but yes, sir, brother pastor, whatever we need to do. I will be hurt, but I'll be back here next Sunday. Whatever you think you went through in church hurt, it was not worse than Jesus. Because ain't nobody killed you. Yet. Jesus is the wounded healer. Jesus went through church hurt and he came out as the wounded healer. Millennials in ministry, we know we have hurt you. I know it is the elder, a chief priest, and a scribe. We know we have hurt millennials. But millennials, we need you to take on a Jesus messianic kind of motif. We need you to come out of your hurt and become a wounded healer. We cannot sit around while you still talk about church, church. I ain't going back there to church, church. I ain't going to church, church. church, church. Quit being a punk. Get up and come back to church and become a wounded healer. By his stripes. God put something in the hurt of Jesus that was anointed to heal other people. Jesus could not heal me unless he had been hurt himself. And so somewhere in the stripes I find my healing. Somewhere in the pain I find my ministry. Somewhere in the misunderstanding I find a way to bless somebody else. Am I supposed to be teaching? Yes. 
All right, so let me go over this, how to handle the hurt. Let me just go over this. Y'all be seated for a minute. Y'all make me nervous. Let me talk about how to handle the hurt. How to hurdle. How to hurdle the hurt. If you're going to hurdle, it means you got to get over it. Look at somebody and tell them get over it. No, because they don't want to hear that. They don't want, your neighbor right now did not want to hear that from you. So look at them, get eye contact because you see how they didn't want to listen to you. Look at them and tell them in their face, get over it. You're going to have to hurdle this because we got a race to run. So we need you to hurdle your last hurt. One more time, look at somebody and tell them, get over it. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 18, is the exposition of this text. Um, open your Bibles right now to 2 Timothy chapter 4 because I'm moving through this and I'm not going to go to the text because I know if I do. I'm going to need some more time. <laughs> so I know better than even to go there. Because an expositor lives down in the basement of my soul. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 9 through 18 when you get a chance. But there are points that come out of this. And I'm going to show them to you. Number one, if you're going to hurdle the hurt, you don't want to be off-ended anymore. Number one, stay connected to the committed. Stay connected to the committed. Timothy, his name in the Greek is Timotheus. His name means one who is highly valued. Paul says, while he is in prison, he says, Timothy has become very valuable to me. And he says, I'm staying connected to Timothy. Send him. Or rather, he's sending him. Timothy is committed to the apostolic apprenticeship of the apostle Paul. And Paul is dealing with church hurt while sitting in prison. He's going to tell you all of the folk that should have been with me in ministry left me, forsook me, and all I have is God. He feels abandoned and rejected. He's going through church hurt, and this is what he does. He stays committed to a millennial. Timothy is a millennial. Jesus did his ministry in the millennial age. Are you here? So Paul says, I'm staying connected to the ones who are committed. If you want to get past hurt, stay connected to people who are committed. Why are you letting people that don't even come to church talk you away from church? Dang, listen, I love everybody, but something wrong with you if you can't even turn on a computer in your pajamas and come to church. Something wrong with you. So if you have people who are just not doing ministry anymore, you can't stay connected to them because they're always going to keep poking at your hurt. They'll never let you get over your hurt. So you need to stay connected to the committed. 
told Pastor White, one of the concerns I have in this generation is that this generation wants to be well done, but you have to be good and faithful too. Did you hear just did you hear what I just said? It's not enough to be well done. Well done, good and faithful. We want the well done. No, you got to get the well done and the good and faithful. You can't just dot I's cross T's and think you did ministry. You have to also be good and faithful. Look at somebody and say, stay committed. Stay connected to the committed. Number two, study the geography of ministry. Are you still looking at 2 Timothy? You should be like around verse 10, something like that, right? I'm not looking at it, but there's a fellow named Demas. What verse am I in? I'm in verse 10. There's a fellow by the name of Demas. Who then left and went back to Vegas. Y'all didn't know Demas was in Vegas? It's called Thessalonica. It's Vegas, y'all. So Demas has gone back to Vegas. Paul's like, he gone. Chasing something. But he ain't coming to church no more. And he was a millennial. Right? He says, then I've, I, I've got um, 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 Titus with me. And um, uh, I'm not looking at it. Um, I want to say uh, Cretans. Was it, was it Cretans? Right? Yeah. All right. He said, I, I got this crew with me. He said, but they've taken off because he's gone to Dalmatia. And then uh, Titus, he's headed off uh, somewhere else. And then you got Demas. He didn't gone. And then when you get down to verse 20, he, 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 he's like Tychus and them. He, he, they gone too. Listen, this is what you got to learn to do. Study the geography of ministry. This is not a deep point. Notice this, there will be people who will leave you in ministry and you can't be offended. Now, they got different reasons for why they leave, but Paul can't be offended by none of the reasons. Whether you left to go to another ministry Talk to me, somebody. I, I'm not going to be offended. Whether you left and you moved to another city, I cannot be offended. Whether you discovered something and you want to chase her and she don't want to go to this church no more because she wants to go to Vegas church. All right. Whatever reason you left the ministry, you have to study the geography of ministry. Listen to this. Write it down. Everybody has a place. Everybody has a place and stop being hurt when they're no longer in your place. You can't get hurt, especially millennial pastors, when you have such a transitory community, whether it is in virtual or whether it is in person. If you don't preach what they want you to preach in this generation, they'll be down the street looking for something else. If you don't pour oil over there, they'll find somewhere that you do pour oil. You don't speak in tongues, they'll find somebody who does. You have to be okay with people leaving your life life and moving into different areas of ministry study the geography of ministry everyone is not going to do ministry in the place where you do ministry and you got to be okay with that number three reconnect with good resources remember we talked about being off-ended 
So if you did get off-ended, you know what's time to do? Reconnect with good resources. Listen to what Paul says, and this shocked me. He says, hey, um, bring, bring Mark because he's profitable for the ministry. Now, this is only going to work for Bible readers. That shocks me. Because if you know Paul, you know Paul ain't studying. Is that Texas enough? Was that Texas enough? Ain't studying dealing with John Mark. He fell out with John Mark's uncle over this boy. He's like, no, 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 he ain't going nowhere with us. No. Well, John Mark, he's all packed up. We're going to see him. At- no, 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 no. He don't need a sky cap. What he got? Why he got luggage? Why, why, why John Mark got luggage? Well, John Mark need a ticket. Ticket for what? John Mark don't need no ticket. Well, he going with us. He not going with us. Paul, he going with us. He not going with us. Paul, he's going with us. That's my nephew. I don't give a hoot who that is. He not going with us. And Paul and Barnabas. I'm talking about fellows that have built churches together in different cities who have encouraged the saints who have done the second great missionary journey. They fell out and stopped talking over that millennial. Because the last time John Mark went out with them two fellas, he like, huh, we going in where? Why we got to go there? What you mean? Paul, like, come on in here. We're going to go and preach to these sinners. They're in, there, in there, over there, over there. They just tried to kill you last week. Why are we going back over there? And Paul was like, you know what? This boy right here, I can't deal with this. We got too much going on. Leave him where he is. And they left him. And that's how Silas wound up in that Philippian jail. It should have been. The text should have read. Paul Barnabas and John Mark was up in that prison. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. Paul got rid of him. Paul got rid of him. Now Paul's in prison and he realized it is possible to be right in your head and wrong in your heart. Because he was right in his head. Because the last thing you want to do is do ministry with people that you can't trust. But he was wrong in his heart because he didn't see the potential of a rising millennial. He didn't see the potential that was working down in John Mark. Because John Mark was going to be something someday. Just hold on. I know it don't look like he's doing much now. And I know it doesn't seem like he's a good aspect and asset to the ministry. But if you hold on, Paul said years later, bring that boy because he is profitable to the ministry. Don't you write nobody off. Come on, don't you write nobody off. Began to reconnect with good resources. He says he's profitable for the ministry. And so if you've been church hurt, it's time for you now to go ahead and begin to reconnect with good resources. Number four. Give grace and make space. I 
I don't know what verse this is, but you're looking at it, not me. There's a fellow whose name is Alexander. Did y'all see Alexander? What verse is that? Verse 14. Did me much harm. And I ain't forgotten none of it. Y'all ain't read the text. And don't, 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 don't let him slide. Because he has withstood me. And withstood everything I said. He wasn't even fighting. Listen, pastors. He wasn't fighting what he did. He was fighting what he said. The warfare of the weak is going to be something that fights what you said during the week. Because you would have said something on Sunday and before you can get to the parking lot, the parking lot prophets have already said something else to your people about what you just said. Oh, no, I'm going to find me some real people here. What you think about what Pastor just said? I know, girl. Child, I ain't doing none of that. You heard that? He, mm -mm, I just gave money last week. I wish I would give another offering. Every time I look up, he begging for money. I ain't doing none of that. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to tell you what my pastor used to tell us. Pastor John H. Green, the late and great. If you told, he came and told you, uh, son, I got something want you to do next Thursday, I want you to go down to mission and preach. Now you could be silly enough to say, okay, Pastor, I'll pray about that. No, I'll pray about that. <laughs> Let me tell you what Pastor Green would tell you. Pastor Green would say, son, I already prayed. <laughs> Pastor Green just let you know, no, 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 you ain't got to pray about nothing. I already prayed. I'll see you at mission on Thursday. You'll be preaching. Give grace, make space. Paul said, I'm not going to hold it against Alexander. Let the Lord deal with him. Y'all not reading this. I'm not looking at it. Y'all should be looking at this. He said, let the Lord deal with him. Even though he harmed me, I'm not trying to deal with that. I'm going to let the Lord deal with it. He said, but this, but this is what I want you to do. Y'all stay away from it. See, millennials, this is, this is hard stuff right here, but I got to say it. You got to know how to forgive and not forget. Huh? What'd you say? No, you have to mature to the place where you can be in the room and not have amnesia and still not have an attitude. Y'all ain't there. Come on, when you be in church, you got to see these folk every week. Right? Yep. So you got to forgive us, but we're not asking you to forget. We're asking you to be mature enough that even when you see me 
and you know I wronged you last week, you still have a strategy to stay in the same room with me and not roll your eyes, not speak, and then we got a whole nother week of some more drama because who didn't say nothing to you and she knows she could have said something and I know pastor talked to her and she still walked by. I've been waiting on her to say something. Well, if she never says anything, you got to forgive her and still move on. Give grace, but make space. Some of y'all don't need this for church, but you need it for your ex. Look at y'all, look at them. Give grace and make space. Just because I forgave you does not mean we going out tonight. Am I talking right? I'm not taking you to Ruth Chris. But I forgive you. Get out of my car. But I forgive you. <laughs> Give them grace. And the only thing it takes to give somebody grace is to know yourself. Humility is always going to produce grace. You might want to put that somewhere. I said humility will always produce grace. You might just want to jot it down for later. Humility. That's what it's going to do. It's going to produce grace. The most ungracious people you'll ever meet are the people who are not in tune with their own weaknesses. Why are you playing like it's all that and you know you? You know she's pregnant again? Well, well how many times? See, I didn't do it. How many times would you have been pregnant? Oh, it's quiet now. It's quiet now. You know she got another baby. It's another daddy. How many baby daddies would you have if every man that put seed in your womb produced a baby? I didn't say that. I said womb. I said womb. I did. I said womb. Oh, okay. If you just be honest about you, be humble about yourself, anytime somebody needs grace, you're going to give them grace. Because you're going to remember when I was crazy, I needed somebody to give me grace, and now she walking around church acting a fool, so she just needs some grace. I'm not always on point. She's not always on point. So you know what? I'm going to give her grace. Now, I'm not going to the baby shower, but I'm going to give her grace. Number five, number five, we're done. Number five. Turn trauma into testimony. Turn trauma into testimony. Now let's, let's just face this. When you've been spiritually abused, it's traumatic. When you grew up thinking that the only voice you had to listen to was your pastor and you never learned the voice of God. That's spiritual abuse. When you can quote your pastor but you can't quote a verse, 
That is spiritual abuse. When you got to call your pastor and ask, can you buy a car or go into a house? That is spiritual abuse. You can't get married until he signs off on it. That is spiritual abuse. Your budget is determined by what he says. That is spiritual abuse. It's traumatic. Mental distress. I mean, you just under all kind of duress on your way to church. Y'all don't know what I'm saying? I need somebody in full-time ministry or something that knows what I'm saying. Brother Patrick, um, he can attest to this. Um, He comes, picks me and the girls up, and is taking us to church. This was our, every Sunday, this is when I had the girls with me in California. And um, but Patrick would pick us up and bring us into church. And we'd be on the 80. Lord, help me to say it. And we get to around Powell. I start getting nauseous. And I start getting sick. And I had to roll down the window because I thought I was going to throw up. And the girls had to ask me, am I all right? But Patrick, well, Bishop, you all right? But I would get sick and nauseous. Every Sunday, just pulling into that parking lot. Going up the steps into that church. I'd be sick to my stomach. It was just mental distress it's traumatic when you have to be with people and serve people and you know they don't mean you no good it's a lot on your mind when you gotta go to the choir and you're thinking people standing behind you singing ain't for you it's a lot It just becomes mental distress. It becomes spiritual abuse. It becomes emotional pain. I'm talking about it. It's been over four years. And it still will bring a tear to my eye. It's emotional pain. It's traumatic. Physical harm when you want to thump a trustee. I used to have to remind them all the time, I'm from Richmond. Whatever you do to me, you need to factor in that Negro is from the South Side. And I don't care how saved he is, he got some crazy little Richmond in him. And you better be on guard because, yes, he will. He'll try to cut you. I know people don't think it, Bishop Burrell, but I will fight. I mean, I'm too old now. I got other people to fight for me. But I'm just saying, I, you know. So here's what Paul does. Paul says, this is what I did. I turned my trauma into a testimony. Because the Lord stood with me. Y'all ain't read this. When every man forsook me and deserted me and abandoned me, when I didn't have nobody, all I had was God. And I had God and God preserved me and God kept me and God blessed me. Paul said, I turned all of my trauma in ministry into a testimony. Yes, 
And so, that's what we do. We leave from a conference like this, determined we're going to change our testimony. We're not going to leave here still talking about I'm a hurting them church folk ain't no good and they don't receive me and they ain't never going to change and I'm so, so, I'm so tired of all of that. No, you're going to turn this trauma into a testimony and you're going to be able to say to anybody who comes to you, I was church hurt. Yes, I was. But the Lord stood with me. If you got it, let me know you got it. If you got it, let me know you got it.